0: Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Why do I need to send my executive director of sales on a 6 a.m. flight to Chicago and pay a $100 Uber downtown and dinner and lunch, or lunch and dinner and a flight home and all that when he can accomplish the same thing on a Zoom meeting? You're going to see innovations yeah. like that in the business world.
1: That, that's my whole point. So I do think there's going to be some type of in- in- intervention. Intervention.
0: In- in- a- a- in- a- in- a- intervention. Love it. Love it. Ingenuity, innovation, invention, um, insight. Yeah. It's the merging of all that. Inspiration. Inspiration. That's what we're trying to bring to the table here on the uh, inadequacy, <laughs> <laughs> incorrectness on this film and <laughs> we tackle life podcast. Uh, back in the same location for the first time in I don't know what five six, weeks, six weeks, six something weeks. like that. Six yeah, weeks, we'll be yeah. back on YouTube this afternoon and uh, soon Facebook Live as soon as I can find the. Uh, New device my daughter purchased last night. We made a run to the Amazon locker wow. in the neighborhood last night at about ten thirty, because she got a notification that her tablet had arrived, nice. and I knew she'd be yeah there's, up you have all no night. Choice. There was no yeah. way she was going to sleep. She didn't ask. She didn't ask. She just you know said it's it's in, and I can't wait to get it. And I was like, which one,
1: Lexi? Oh, good for her.
0: I said, well, let's go now. Yeah.
1: Really? Oh, that's so
0: cool. I was like, yeah, let's go. And she talked. The whole way there. Yeah. It was not about the tablet, but about something at school. And, and it was just so delightful as a father to just sit there and listen and hear the excitement. Was she complaining board. about the administrators at she, school? She was not. She was not <laughs> complaining about the administrators. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I don't know. Obviously, i have not parents. my daughter. Yes. She's not complaining about something. Uh, so well, that was fun. But we'll get up and rolling on Facebook Live again here soon, but we have the NFL Draft to talk about today. We have an exciting announcement to talk about today, and we have the privilege of drawing four names that you've all nominated for COVID-19 relief. And just so people know that uh, we
1: are taking responsibility, and Mm -hmm. we are broadcasting today with awareness, with responsibility, but without fear. And so it's uh, good to be back, and good to see you, you yeah, and... The draft was, I thought, really, really good. I worked the whole day yesterday from three thirty till twelve thirty. I was doing stuff with the uh, the Lions and Lions dot com, yeah, various platforms. Okay. Right there, right, uh, the flagship station with their radio, uh, local Fox Network, Fox Sports Detroit. So it was a okay. little bit of everything. Then I got on a Twitter rant yesterday. I was on. You don't follow me, but it's Chris underscore Spewing. It is yes. okay. <laughs> yes, I
0: think I do follow.
1: And you, I so. was I was tweeting during the whole draft and. It, it's just amazing how creative the tweets get the later you get into the round. <laughs> uh, the deeper
0: you get into the Pappy Van
1: Winkle. Yeah, how about that? Did you see that? I did, I did see that. I had actually a Rip Van Winkle and a Pappy Van Winkle. Did Bo
0: Bishop weigh in on that? Because he's, Mr. No, pa- I he's know. Mr. Pappy Van Winkle.
1: I don't know why Bo has not weighed in. Maybe he did. Um, but the, a friend of mine quit drinking, and he said, do you want these? And I said, sure. And so I didn't know what they were worth until I actually looked them up online. They're, worth a lot they're worth a lot <laughs>
0: so on. The Pap. The Pap, i don't know anything about it but i know bo has gushed about pappy van winkle and his access to pappy van winkle oh wow. those big leaguer though Bo is definitely he's a big, big leaguer. leaguer he is a big leaguer there's a big leaguer of big leaguers he's but, like mike trout the rest of us are just you know hanging on to the roster very proud of
1: ohio state last night three buckeyes taking in the first three picks enjoy <laughs> that starting already aren't no, <laughs> no. He's, in the, he's in Ohio. he was trained Joe Burrow. A, he was identified by Ohio State, trained at Ohio State, and he graduated from Ohio yes, State. Yes, he did. You cannot argue the facts, sir. That's right. And he's Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. And Mr. Football in the
0: State of Ohio. His dad's an Ohio football coach. Yes. What do these people want? Well, ESPN certainly bought into your logic on that. It of was course they I was did. watching it and I thought after about five minutes or so, I was like, Boy, it's like Joe Burrow never even played at LSU. They're just referring to him as an Ohio State Buckeye, and I thought, man, that's got to be driving the LSU fans crazy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? It was just a tiny rivalry
1: between <laughs> the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, it was, it was good though, and, and as predicted, all the offensive tackles that went, defensive backs, wide receivers, flying off the board. Mm-hmm. I like
0: what the Browns did. So you but, like what the Browns did, Jedrick Wills? Yeah, um, I think a right the- tackle. From Alabama. Now, uh, this is not at all to say that he has the same footwork as a left tackle. His role at Alabama will be the same as his role in Cleveland. His role is to protect the blind side of the franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. The difference is, of course, Tua is left-handed, so Jedrick Wills was on the blind side of Tua. He will not be... Well, he will be on the blind side of Baker Mayfield, but not as a right yeah, tackle. So
1: Cleveland's is not going to draft a guy that's not uh, capable of making that switch or they don't see that potential. I'm sure uh, they have some tape. I think he did play some left tackle at Alabama, and I'm sure they worked him out at the combine or maybe before the quarantine hit. They were down there and, and seeing that this is an adjustment that could be made. Uh, Nick Saban's a pretty upfront guy. I'm sure they interviewed him, asked him about uh, Jedrick. So I, it was the right pick, though. I mean, I know we were talking about do you move up to get Trent Williams and draft a different I, – I just think you get a young offensive tackle plus the price tag of that young guy is going to be a lot cheaper yeah. than it is uh, to get Trent
0: Williams. They had the option. The only tackle off the board at that time was Andrew Thomas, Georgia. Yes. He went to the Giants yes. at Four. four. He was the guy that people thought the Browns wanted and the guy that people thought might be there at 10. He was not expected to be the first tackle taken, but this is individual tastes. You see what yeah. you, you like, what you see, you see what you like. The Giants liked Andrew Thomas to protect Daniel Jones blindside. So they took Andrew Thomas. Then the Browns had their choice of Makai Becton from Louisville, Kristen Werfs from Iowa, who was also a right tackle. Yeah. And you know, the guy they took Jedrick Wills. Now, Um, Joe Thomas loves the pick. According to your friend and mine, Steve Dorschuk of the Canton Repository, he tweets, I never heard Joe Thomas so happy for his old team. He guarantees Jedrick Wills will make all pro. He went on and on as to why Wills was the best offensive tackle in the draft. I mean, we all have our taste,
1: and we'll see. And every, I hope he's right, and Joe certainly knows that position as well as anybody. I mean, anybody knows an all-pro, it's Joe Thomas, who practically had a, a second home in Hawaii or Florida, wherever Joe played his Pro Bowls. So I'd I, 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 like to pick. I really do. I think Cincinnati uh, was no mystery what they were doing when they drafted Joe. I was so happy that the Lions took Jeff Okuda. I mean, I was in a Twitter debate with Lion fans, and it's pretty much – Probably 60-40, they wanted a, H- a CUDA. But nobody... Who else did they want?
0: Simmons? Yeah,
1: or Zayah Simmons or Derek Brown. And the arguments that I was making, Bruce, and I'm sure you understand this, when you get a corner, corners are hard to find. Yeah, you can find interior defense alignment and, and get by with interior defense alignment. But more, Derek Brown's going to be a great player. But interior defense alignment, what's the difference between playing time and an interior defense alignment and a corner? A corner is going to play ninety-five yeah. percent of the plays. Mm-hmm. An interior defensive lineman is going to play sixty. At, if it's a high number, he'll play sixty-five percent of the plays, unless his name is Aaron Donald. Yeah, because it's a rotational position. So you get a full-time player. I didn't have a problem with the Lions taking either Simmons or Akuda. I wanted them to take Akuda because they were thirty-second in pass defense. Um, they play man-to-man more than anybody else, and, and Jeff is the best. I mean, clearly the best man-to-man cover corner coming out in this year's draft, plus of his length and his speed and what kind of kid he is off the field. I saw you even send a nice tweet about Jeff. Jeff Okuda
0: was, yeah, he was. Now, look, there's a difference between being um, humble and not projecting confidence. Jeff Okuda walks that fine line where he's humble, but he's not a shrinking violet. We saw that at the combine where the – Prepared reporter said, You know, you were sloppy, sloppy in what way? Like, you know, uh, if you were humble to an unnecessary degree, you would have just let that ride. He's not going to let that ride. He's like, No, no, it was yeah. sloppy in what way? Well, check the tape. You'll see no PIs, no holdings. Yeah, you know, great. so that's okay. It's okay to me to step up and defend your record. But I always found Jeff – I would guess maybe the the best word, and I didn't think of it last night, is Jeff was always very accommodating. Yeah. Got a question? It's a good question. I'll entertain your question. And pro. that's all I ever asked as a reporter was, if I ask you a fair question, just give me a fair answer. If I ask you a dumb question, go ahead and light me up. Tell me why it's a dumb question. Yep. I may have a counter as to why I need you to say it yeah. as opposed to in my words. I always found Jeff very accommodating. Chase Young very accommodating. Yep. Uh, Damon, Arnett's, Damon Arnett has a real edge to him. Uh, Most but corners th- but at that position, that's necessary.
1: I need it. I, I don't want somebody that's shy or timid at that position. I think Damon plays with a chip on his shoulder. I think Damon was uh, probably as excited as anybody that he went in the first round because, you know, he had question marks and he's playing second fiddle to Jeff Akuta And mm-hmm. I think Damon feeds off of that, though. And the Raiders took Damon Arnett, which was, was great for, for uh, Damon Arnett. Um, But I think with with Jeff, I I want that confidence because I can't have a mental, weak person playing corner for me because you're going to get burned. It's just inevitable of how good these wide receivers are going to be. And by the way, when you look at that draft, LSU had a bunch of uh, first-rounders. Alabama had quite a few first-rounders. It's just – it's almost like – Ohio State, LSU, and, and Alabama dominated that first. Well, Clemson
0: had and Clemson yeah. Simmons, and they had the corner AJ yeah. Terrell. I don't know. if Did he, any other? Did Higgins no, go no. to first? No, no probably no. not. But here's the here's the, the thing I was going to say.
1: Just the, and I tweeted at this, um, Ryan Day just got another big huge re- recruiting poster. Well, you're right. kidding, Kidney did. <laughs> I mean, three guys. Yeah. Now I get it. I I, I get LSU can claim. Rightfully so. Yeah. Joe Burrow. See, they had
0: LSU, they had Burrow, they had Chase on, they had Jefferson, they had a linebacker. Uh, queen. Might have, might have had more. You know, they might have had more than that. I, I gave up uh, on it so, after uh, a while.
1: Was it Ruggs or Henry Ruggs?
0: Well, he's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I get Okay. Yeah.
1: But I guess my point is the highlight of the draft is when the draft starts. So Ohio State can rightfully claim. I'm, I'm being serious now. You can claim. Joe Burrow I mean if I'm the head coach let me ask you this if you're the head coach
0: mm-hmm.
1: there can be two truths right yeah well yeah can you claim Joe Burrow if you're recruiting quarterbacks if you're you're claiming Chase Young you're you're claiming Jeff Okuda of course I mean that's just an uh, a recruiting headliner right yeah it's like you might as well put NFL uh training camp over the Woody Hayes athletic facility
0: so if I'm – let me let me be uh, an Ohio State coach in the room of a five-star quarterback. And how could I use Joe Burrow to my advantage? Because the five-star quarterback could say, look, man, like you had the Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and you let him get away. Yeah. How would I answer that? I would say, okay, well, that's true. We made a decision between – Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins, also a first-rounder. Joe was injured, and Dwayne got an opportunity, and he took the opportunity, and he came off the bench at Michigan, led us to three scores, and beat our arch-rival. There's nothing anyone could ever do in practice to prove that they're capable of doing that in a game over someone who's already done it in a game. The quarterback we put in, threw for 50 touchdowns, was the Big Ten MVP, and was a Heisman (laughs) Trophy finalist. Okay? So, I get that Joe Burrow won the Heisman and led his team to the national championship. What it tells you is, Joe's other offers were from Boston College and Vanderbilt and someone else. And so, we have the ability to recognize great talent and great potential. That's why we're in your living room right now. I can't guarantee you, you won't have a freak accident in practice and break your hand as an Ohio State Buckeye and give someone else an opportunity. I also can't guarantee you that someone else might not break their hand and give you an opportunity. So we're giving you an opportunity because we see in you what we saw in Joe Burrow, what we saw in Dwayne Haskins, what we saw in Justin Fields. Development is our specialty. And if you want to come to a place with develops guys and gets them ready for the NFL draft – come to Ohio State. That's how I would use Joe Burrow. beautiful. Uh, What are you doing?
1: What are you searching? I must have put my... Joe Burrow? No, (laughs) I must Is he from
0: uh, Ohio or Louisiana? I put my... (laughs) You know, that's a good question. You got an iPhone. Why don't you ask Siri? Where did Joe Burrow (laughs) play college football? Please invest in an
1: iPhone. Will you please invest in an iPhone? No. I don't understand that. Because
0: I don't want to learn new technology. It's it's it's
1: easier than that thing you have. I don't know what happened there. You got to get rid of the flip phone. Here, that... You, you said the you said the exact same. Not a flip phone. We <laughs> we train guys for the NFL. Here's our track record, and you explained why Dwayne beat Joe. Dwayne legitimately beat Joe out. I mean, now it might he not did. be no fault of Joe's, but Dwayne beat him out. That's just the way it goes. Listen, and you that and wasn't I... an easy decision, but everybody was on board, even here in the state of Ohio, because I think people knew how good Joe was going to be, or had an idea. And Joe didn't have a great – he had a very good
0: junior year at LSU or f- fourth year at LSU. He that didn't. was the best answer last night ever when they asked somebody – Susie Culber said, a year ago you were at the draft. And w- if I had told you then, you'd be the number one pick next year, what would you have said? And I was, I, lo- I thought Joe's cockiness might have been – he might have said, Yeah, I wouldn't have been a bit surprised that he didn't say that. He said, well, I would have said, you know, I would have been shocked. And she said, how do you explain junior year to senior year? And he goes, I wasn't very good as a junior. Man, did I love that answer. I was
1: going to say all that, but you said it for me when I was in mid-sentence again, by the way. (laughs)
0: Takes a while to get our timing back now that we're in the same same place.
1: I know you're I know I have to defer to the two-time state champion. I'm sorry, but all right. Can I finish my thought now?
0: Then, yeah. please. <laughs> then I have a. Then I have the great Joe Burrow stat. Okay, for you. Well, just go ahead. Go ahead. Just give me your stat,
1: because uh, I, I got to find it first. All right, Okay, then is it okay for me to chat now? The floor is yours. <laughs> My point was that he was coming into this year he was a sixth rounder. Sixth, fifth, fourth, whatever. By his play in putting together the single greatest season of any college quarterback in the history of college football, Mm -hmm. he certainly elevated himself to be the number one pick overall. And his abilities and his talent was able to shine because he was also surrounded by a great team and an Excellent coach. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And the offensive coordinator. Joe Brady. Uh, who is now, I believe, the offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers. I think he might
0: be quarterback coach. So he's on the staff.
1: Yeah. And so Joe took advantage of everything. And he was, I think, safe to say, a little bit of a late bloomer. but mm-hmm. isn't bad because here is a guy that's a fifth year guy that's understands what it means to fight for everything you get. And that's the perfect guy that I want for my quarterback because he's been buried before on a depth chart. He fought his way out. And the one quality, if I were Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals and I'm sitting around and I'm talking with uh, Duke Tobin and the whole staff and what I'm going to say is this. Here's the thing about Joe Burrow. When he left Ohio State, he could have gone to – Any school like Bowling Green, he could have gone with his dad to Ohio U and and Frank Solich, could have gone to Miami of Ohio, could have gone to Nebraska. He chose to go to LSU to compete, and he won. That says everything I need to know about Joe Burrow.
0: Go ahead. Okay, here's the stat. Okay. Joe Burrow's best season at Ohio State. This is his season total. 22 of 26, 226 yards, two touchdowns. That's his redshirt freshman season. Yeah, That's his best. That's the other season he didn't have that many passes. He didn't have that many yards, that many touchdowns. Last season at LSU, Joe Burrow threw for more yards in every game than he threw for in an entire season at Ohio State. Yeah, Last season at LSU – in 14 of 15 games, he threw for more touchdowns than he threw for in his best season at Ohio State. So, you know, wow. He had a great year. You, I don't think you could have seen that coming. And kudos to Joe Burrow. Yeah. Kudos to Joe Brady. Kudos to Ryan well, Day and Corey Dennis and everybody who's ever coached. Uh, kudos about, to his high school how about coach. about Urban Meyer? Kudos to Urban Meyer. Here's the thing
1: about Urban. I remember, I think that was the thing that, that, Urban knew
0: he had to let Joe go, but I think it killed him letting him go. Yeah, it did. Cuz you're losing a great player. Kudos to Tom Herman who discovered Joe and Urban was not convinced. Yeah. And that's I've read that many times. Here's the thing though, too. I mean, I, I just if we're st-
1: speaking statistically, mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, I wonder how many coaches have put two quarterbacks that were number 1 overall in the NFL draft There's a story idea for you. That's a
0: good story idea. Alex Smith, right? Alex Smith and And, uh, Joe Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, yeah.
1: That he Um, recruited. So talking about identifying talent. And Ryan Day, so far at least, on paper, hasn't missed a beat.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, I think now with Damon Arnett went in the first round, Urban coached, according to my standard, 16 first-rounders at Ohio State. I don't give him credit for Ryan Shazier and Brad Roby because they were here for one year under his tutelage and went in the first round. So I give Tress credit for those guys. But I will give Urban credit for Garrett Wilson, uh, Harry Miller, guys that he recruited who came here because of him. Um, And obviously you could count those guys, some of them, as Ryan Day guys. I wouldn't necessarily – you know who gets credit, who now I would be using in recruiting if I were a head coach? If I'm Jeff Halfley, I'm using Jeff Okuda, and I'm using Damon Arnett because Damon Arnett was not thought to be a first-rounder, and Jeff Okuda split time in the backfield until he got with Jeff Halfley. So if I'm Jeff Halfley at Boston College, I'm using those two guys. So Here's what I can do. Working with the Lions last
1: night, so I was on and listening to all the Mm – I was on the same broadcast as – or the – On the website, um, Tori Petrie was interviewing uh, Matt Patricia, Mm -hmm. and I was just in hold, and I was listening to Matt.
0: You know the first name that Matt Patricia brought up? Was it Halfley? Jeff Halfley. Well, you had to love that because you got on me all about my Jeff Halfley love. Last year
1: no i uh, i'm not saying i don't like jeff halfley i think he's <laughs> really good i i told you that when i was w- yeah. in san francisco yeah when i was the voice of the 49ers two that's years right. ago you were when they were bad
0: yeah well, that
1: seems to be uh, hey i'm the kingmaker. that's all i <laughs> yes, know you are which will tell me that the redskins or the giants are going to kick rear end Look next out, year <laughs> boy.
0: You did some tampa
1: games too though. yeah i did toward the end yeah that's right if so if tampa wins it it's not brady that's, or Gronk. No, no, it's you it's me totally you um, so that should give people confidence, and that's what again Ohio State can sell. And don't you think? Let me ask you this: Do you believe that high school kids look at this, break it down? I mean the top ones, right? I mean some of them are so not the draft, but who coached that guy? Yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest selling point, man. I just I'm like, it was a huge night for Ohio State last night, and Ryan Day, and they don't even know it, and they didn't even say. Their oh, they last. know it. Okay. Oh, they know
0: it. Trust me. <laughs> I'm sure their Twitter is celebrating it big time. I haven't had a chance to look at it. As it should be, right? Yeah. And here's a here's a tweet. Uh, shout out to 11 Warriors for this. Uh, Ohio State has had six defensive backs taken in the first round of the last four drafts. Six DBs in the first round of the last four drafts. Michigan has had six first round picks in the last decade. Not DBs. Total. Total picks. In the last wow. decade. Can't run from I'm, that. I'm actually going to tweet that out because I've been in, engaging
1: in my with my Michigan fe- people. Mm-hmm. They're really going to love that one. What is that again?
0: Ohio State has had six defensive backs taken under in the 11 first warriors. round. I'll, yeah. re- I'll retweet eleven warriors. I love it. First round of the last four years. Michigan has had six first round picks in the last decade. So Ohio State's had Apple, Lattimore, uh, Hooker. I think they might have had more. I don't know. Maybe more than six. Conley uh, and the two last night. Seven. Five, uh, six. No. Lattimore, Hooker, Conley, Apple, Okuda, Arnett. Is you that forgot it? Forgot Hooker. No, I didn't. I said Hooker, <laughs> Lattimore, Gary, Arnett, Conley, Apple, Arnett, Okuda. Six. Okay. So. DBU. I mean, people... They call themselves BIA, best in America.
1: <laughs> Florida had a kid.
0: Florida's up there and LSU's up there. I mean, they, you know, look, if you want a corner, go to LSU, Florida, or Ohio State. That's where you go. Uh, by the way... 11 Warriors? 11 Warriors. Yeah. I'm going to tweet that. Uh, I can't at, on wait. On Twitter, 11 I can't, I can't wait for Michigan fans to jump oh, on Oh, they're going to love you. <laughs> now, are you going to give Jeff Okuda any insight You know, what it's like as an Ohio State Buckeye playing for the Detroit Lions. Because that that was a little – you got that question, and you were like, I don't care. They're paying me. I'm playing there. No. NFL. But, you know, Okuda's in that same situation Uh, you are. And the Lions are like the Browns. They don't take very many Ohio State players. First of all, Lions fans as a whole are different than Michigan
1: fans as a whole, or Michigan State fans. Lions fans are awesome. They are passionate. They have opinions. Lion fans are are, are are a reflection of Detroit. That type of just person, you know what I mean? Just, blue collar, just, yeah, just blue collar, mm-hmm. rough, and lo- loyal. But they will let you know. I've lot a lot of a lot of people here. It's funny they say, "Who cares who they draft?" I haven't watched this team in thirty four years. Who cares? But they know everything about sure it, they right?
0: Yeah. And They're I like said, Browns fans. They're I tormented.
1: Said, <laughs> I said, obviously, you care. That they, uh, who they draft. And uh, so I was trying to be a voice of uh, optimism. But I think Jeff is going to love it because it's like anything, Bruce. If I would have went to um, Detroit and fell on my face and played awful, it would have been, what do you expect when you draft an Ohio State guy? Yes. You know what I mean? And so if you produce, you're a hero. If you don't produce, you're a goat. That's the beauty of professional football. There's not a gray area. You're either really, really good and they like you or you're really, really bad and they hate you. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to hide, which I love.
0: Um, let's talk about Damon Arnett to the uh, Oakland Raiders. But first, let let's while we're uh, talking about the Lions, share with people your major announcement, and then we'll do our drawing for $250 each in COVID-19 relief. We want to remind you that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters has contributed to our COVID-19 relief. Uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, the best coffee And a great mission, buying direct from growers in Nicaragua, Ethiopia, and Thailand, buying around the world to give you the best coffee and to give those growers more money than they would get if they had to go uh, through different layers of negotiations, which would strip off many of the profits. Uh, What do the growers in those countries do? With uh, the money that they get, well, they do great things. In Nicaragua, they planted 51 churches. In Thailand, they've saved 70 women from human trafficking by giving them jobs in the coffee industry. Uh, we love partnering with Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, and we invite you to use the promo code LIFE in all caps when you order from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com to get 15% off. You can you can uh, pay full price and note in the comment section that you heard about Hemisphere from Spielman and & Hooley, and they will donate 20% of sales to our COVID-19 relief. So Mr. Spielman had his uh, cake up this morning. Yeah, I did. And, uh, really good. Nice to have Hemisphere be a partner in what we're doing. We appreciate them very much. So you want to start with your major announcement Yeah, start with the drawing? Okay. Um, so
1: you and I were um, moved. I do believe for most of our adult lives, I th- I'd like to think I have been and I think you've been. Um, when we see action, we usually take action within our means. What can we do? Let's not sit around and complain and point out the problem. Let's sit around and try to solve the problem or alleviate the pain that the problem may be causing. So we put our heads together, and we decided when this quarantine started. And by the way, there's good news coming out, like I thought there would be after Mm -hmm. Easter, Mm -hmm. whether it be the antibody uh, testing out of San Francisco Out of L.A. or out of New York, it came out yesterday that more people have had this, which is a better sign because the more people that have had it, and once they identify that more people have had it, uh, the mortality rate uh, plummets, which we all want. Uh, A scientist yesterday during President Trump's news conference talked about how the, the virus is not very strong against UV lighting, humidity, all that is what we want. And so I think we're going to keep getting little bits of information. And with the more knowledge we get on how to fight this, the better news is going to come out and the quicker we'll be back to normal. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm sitting here today uh, with you as opposed to talking on the phone is cool. But we decided to give away two, 250 We started out with 100 bucks, and we both said, well, that's not enough. I mean, it's nice and could do something for somebody, but it's not enough. So we decided to try to give away 250 Bucks to four people every single week. Mm-hmm. That's what the number that we came down mm-hmm. for. Forty weeks. It's on our our web page. I, th- I don't know if you put it up or not. About the, why we chose the number forty. Basically, it's biblical. Yeah, uh, we're both biblical guys, and so the number forty uh, was chosen. Now the only problem is, well, how are we going to raise forty thousand dollars? And I I'm, I mean, I've been more than blessed, but I don't just have forty thousand dollars to throw into a pot you know just i grab uh, that out of your wallet and toss it in i have bills and minions in a uh, spawn that continue to leech off of me even more so during this quarantine
0: but i love them wife well, who's told you you're not going to go with the least expensive decorating <laughs> yeah. option in the new house right then, then didn't, they, didn't you disclose that fact on the yeah. podcast the other day
1: yeah i I'm going to retell that story, but so we're going to go to 40 weeks, and so <laughs> we have to do a thousand dollars a week. So we put up the memorabilia. You well, put I up d- the memorabilia. Well, it's, I don't have is, memorabilia. Okay, but this is a team effort. Okay, so just if when I say we, just say oh, thank you. Or I, of course it's we. You're right. And so yeah, oh, you don't always have to <laughs> just once in a while. I want.
0: I don't want to claim credit for something. You're I shouldn't not. Claim claim credit credit for. I'm giving you credit. Okay. You're not claiming credit. Okay. All right. Man, just take a compliment, will you? I'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> with claiming credit for your generosity. You're not <laughs> I am very uncomfortable with that. Okay.
1: I put up the memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I had to raise $40,000 because I said I would do that. Mm-hmm. So, I was hired um for a you know, a good check, not nothing crazy, but enough with the sale of the second big 10 ring this past week, mm-hmm. plus what I'm going to make We're working with all the different various lines, uh, platforms for the draft. We have reached our goal of $40,000. It's amazing that we were able to, I was able to help raise that money Mm -hmm. now. And the people helped
0: raise it by bidding great amounts of
1: money for the memorabilia. And the two rings that sold both guys, I'm, I'm actually meeting the second ring buyer this afternoon to give him the ring. Both guys have promised me that it's in their trust that when they die, they are going to get the rings back to my family. That was that was a stipulation that they made, not me. Yeah. That they made. So that's so cool. Nice,
0: very nice. And I
1: told you about the guilt that the second ring buyer bought. And I said, look, man, God's blessed you and you're turning around and blessing somebody else. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing, you you you're saving me because now I don't have to sell anything else, you yeah. know? And so it's just been cool, and I I want to thank um, head coach Matt Smith, Finland Vikings Middle School, Maddie's boyfriend. Oh, that's right, Matt Smith, who head is coach. over is done a f- phenomenal job. Matt, thank you for what you've done. And um, Matt is kind of new to the faith, and learning and growing, and it's fun to see. And I wanted to pay him. He's and you know, like all young kids, right? He's looking for a few extra bucks anywhere sure. he can get it. And he said, "No, this is my service job to God,
0: which is great,
1: really cool." And then I want to thank. And he does all the auctioning, he does, yeah, and All that. the eBay, he does takes all the, the pictures, yeah. sets yeah. it up, communicates with yeah. eBay, communicates with the buyers. You know, I'll call the buyers and thank mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But Matt's the guy that's the the engine behind this, and I want to thank you because you know you reach out, you're the e- emailer, you get the stories, you gather the information. And I want to thank Carrie because I told you my biggest concern was, you know, I don't, I don't want this to ever – I don't want us to ever get behind. Mm-hmm. So remember I called you last Friday night and said all four people have been paid. And that's a credit to Carrie mm-hmm. and Definitely. being able to reach out to – and she's very busy because she says she wants my help in selling and moving. And then when I offer to help, she tells me, get out of the way. I'll do it myself but you know it doesn't but you've matter she's been consulted and that's all that matters <laughs> so but anyway she's been amazing as far as making sure because she knows i'm usually a laid back guy but the one thing i can't stand i'm one of those guys that if i look at my email on my phone and there's a red number there i got to stop and pull over and get it off my phone i just can't have things out there mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. cuz i feel responsible and i don't want to miss anything mm-hmm. so it's been a, a total team effort and we are going to be able to offer $1000 a week for the next
0: what, week six or probably I think th- this is week four or five well
1: not counting the money that of my own that i put in at the beginning
0: yeah this is only you have you have the first right. two weeks winners right i got there.
1: i have got 1400 put in already okay plus what i make for an alliance plus the memorabilia sale we're at forty thousand dollars right and so whatever it is it doesn't matter so we'll we'll figure it out we'll probably take it till the last week of january or The first week, we'll probably take it to the first week of February to make sure we cover
0: 40 weeks. Yeah, but and that note, let's draw four winners. Let's draw four winners fantastic. Spiel's donating his uh compensation from the Lions to COVID 19 relief. And our first winner this week is Sue Shunk. Oh, and Sue says for her tenant, this is for her tenant Michelle, uh, who lives in Toledo. Yeah, and Sue and is, uh, I think, a
1: I think she is a season ticket holder for the Bowling Green's Women Basketball Pro Team. Oh, nice. So, I think so, on my Twitter. I know she follows me,
0: so she knows a lot about BG. So, way to go, Sue. Uh, Our second winner is uh, Colleen Salchak, who nominated, it says, her pastors. Wow. Very cool. Way to go, Colleen. Pastors always can use a few extra bucks. Absolutely right. Our third recipient is... Mark Pocock for his brother Troy, who he says works at a junkyard. All right, Troy. So I'm looking out for his brother. Great. And our fourth winner. I uh, am
1: my brother's keeper. Yep.
0: Our fourth winner is Bill Taylor for his niece, Mackenzie, who has an eight month old baby. Bill is from Oswego, New York. Way to go. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, there are four. I will find their emails. Nominating emails, and Carrie wanted me to forward those to them, or I know she had... She wanted you to for, just copy... To copy her on the emails yes. that I send to them saying, congratulations, yes. you won. that's what okay. she
1: wanted. very good. I'll yes. oh, do that. Very cool. So,
0: thank you, Bruce. Very good. Very good. Uh, outstanding. And thank you, Spiels, and thank you, Matt, and uh, thank you, Carrie, because Carrie is the one who set up all the electronic... You, uh, you and I are getting like, and I'm like, she said, you know, do you have a Venmo? And you know, I'm like, huh? I used to have a Chevy Vega. Does that count?
1: Where's my billfold? Where's my billfold, kids?
0: Oh, oh. my goodness, lost mine the other night. Seeking it. Hey, let me give George you. Costanza wallet. Let me give you some good news on COVID nineteen. We yeah. got a lot of good responses to uh our COVID nineteen podcast I'm the other surprised, day. Surprised, actually. Well, uh, I was surprised too, but then I thought, look, as we've said, nobody accidentally hears the We Tackle Life podcast. So you're fans of our analysis in some way, shape, or form, or you're listening so you can—that's true. Call us and tell us we're idiots, which either way is fine. Um, so we got good response, but I thought this was—we try to just—we talk what we talk about. We want information. We want information. Let us make our own decisions on everything. So here's information comes from the Hill. Uh, The recent Stanford University antibody study estimates that the fatality rate, if infected, is likely 0.1 to 0.2 percent, a risk far lower than previous World Health Organization estimates that were 20 to 30 times higher. Here are the numbers I thought were really interesting. In New York City, worst case scenario, right? Don't want to be in New York. An epicenter of the pandemic with more than one-third of all U.S. deaths are in New York City. The rate of death for people 18 to 45 is 0.01% mm. or 11 people per 100,000 population okay uh, people aged 75 and over have a death rate 80 times that 80 times that so it is in most cases in a in an overwhelming majority doesn't mean it is Well, good you know we're getting rid of the old people we're not saying that no saying it is a disease that when you are afflicted with it is mostly life-threatening to people who are on the downside of the mountain and in many cases you know here's underlying conditions in in all fatal cases in new york state not just city new Mm. york state two-thirds were in patients over 70 years of age More than 95% were over 50 years of age, and 90% of all fatal cases had an underlying illness. 90% have an underlying illness. So, well, here's, of 6,570 confirmed COVID-19 deaths, fully investigated for underlying conditions to date, 99.2% had an underlying illness. Wow. So if you're healthy, then it doesn't mean it won't be an unpleasant experience to have it. It just means you are very unlikely to die from it. Yeah. That's That's, that's that's information. That's all good news. I'm not telling you, don't wear a mask. I'm not telling you, go out and do your thing. I'm telling you, there's information. Now you decide what to do with the Uh, information. You get to decide. I think
1: the other thing, too,
0: is... You know,
1: be aware if you're around somebody elderly. I am.
0: Absolutely. I'm being
1: completely aware. If I know somebody that has an underlying condition, I'm going to be aware when I am around them. And so, like I said, I do think since Easter, I think we're going to continue to get more data and studies that are, are going to be positive in a very how you can ever be positive i mean nobody wants to die nobody wants to die from pneumonia nobody wants to die from flu nobody wants to die from cancer you just have to be aware educate yourself and you make adult grown-up decisions and don't put others at risk that's why i talked about be aware be responsible but don't live in fear amen i mean i'm I, I do drive in fear three days a week out here, out to, the, here. to the hinterlands because I don't know what's coming on the road or did what I find have, on the road. I, I to- can't identify. When you can't identify roadkill, you know you're in the hinterlands. I have no idea what that thing was. It looks like an alien, whatever it, it was on the road today. I have no idea. Is the armadillos? Are they in Ohio? I don't know what this thing is.
0: <laughs> it was an anteater. I don't know what, the, what
1: it was. I mean, seriously. Seriously.
0: Did you have to plug the address back into your GPS, or did you remember how to get out here? here? Um, I I took a right turn too early. Uh-oh. I always turn at the White House at the corner, but there's a couple White Houses at a couple corners. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, we did not deal uh, in depth with Damon Arnett to the Raiders. It's the surprise pick um, for Ohio State guys in the first round, certainly. It's one of the surprise picks. There was an Auburn corner who went in the first round. That I don't think people thought we'd go in the first round. Corners are at a premium. Damon Arnett, uh, Chris Carter got a lot of love for talking him back to Ohio State, yeah. as well he should have. It was well worth Damon coming back. I will say this. I, I, I've always wondered, when I watch Damon, and even on the highlights last night, when I watch Damon, virtually every highlight I go, well, that could have been P.I. Well, that could have been holding. He's, he's grabby. He's very handsy. He is. Now, will being a first-round pick buy him some... Uh, wiggle room with officials that he would not get if he no. were a
1: fourth round pick. Uh, no, okay. It, it might be a. If anything, I think it could be opposite. Okay, where he can be a target. Okay, but uh, you know that's why I think Jeff is a little rated ranked ranked a little higher than Damon because one thing Jeff has very long arms and he's bigger, mm-hmm. right? So when he doesn't have to get his handsy, and but that's not to say. Look, I I think I hope Damon does well. I really do, but there's a reason why Jeff Okuda was a third pick overall. People like the people of the Detroit don't understand the difficulty of of finding a unique talent like Jeff Okuda. Now, that's not a guarantee. There's no guarantees for any first rounders that they're going to pan out, right, Bruce? We've no guarantee, but I I think when you look at the history of Ohio State and the corners that they put out, Lattimore, uh, who was that? Yeah, and who's – well, hookers are safety, but who's the yeah. one on Cleveland? Denzel Ward. Uh, yeah, Denzel. Yeah, so, they,
0: so 11-W missed Denzel Ward. He was the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah. So, so they have had seven. seven. Yeah. You sure about that? You'll have, you have to write it down
1: instead of counting well, I mean, on your I'll
0: fingers. Go th- I'll go through the whole list here. So I'll, just get that, I guess, I'll get the list but
1: up for you. The, and the other thing that was interesting is I got into an argument – not an argument, but, I, you know, Twitter was – I love going back and forth – so many people wanted them to cut Matthew Stafford or trade Matthew Stafford and draft Tua. They don't understand that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia don't have the luxury of rebuilding again. They have to win and win now. Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford's going to be your quarterback for a long time if he stays healthy. And then we saw the Green Bay Packers take love out of Utah
0: State, right? Did you yeah, notice that? Yeah, I did. I I think Aaron Rodgers likes that.
1: Well, I I think Aaron Rodgers isn't isn't threatened. Aaron Rodgers is thirty six years old. I think it's irresponsible if the Packers didn't take it. And so the guy tweets at me, the Packers take a quarterback in the first round. Well, there's a difference in taking a quarterback at twenty six and a quarterback than a. A starting defensive back at three. Yeah, you don't take. You think if Green Bay Packers had a number three pick, they would have taken a quarterback at number three no. with Aaron Wright. I mean, that's what. That's why I don't understand why people don't understand that they can't. They can't see beyond what's in front of them. In order to be a general manager, you got to see what's in front of you, and beyond. You know, well, he's there. You got to take him. Well, no, you don't. You don't have to take him. Not at three. And I can make you can make the argument of Isaiah Simmons. Uh what it was interesting the argument Isaiah Simmons went number eight to the Cardinals. He's a Cardinals. Great player. Yeah. yeah, your cards. Love the cards. See Cliff Kingsbury? That, reach, live in large, baby. Can't he's, hide money. You he's can't hide sitting
0: it. in this amazing <laughs> mansion. Is that like your house in Arizona? With this, no. You know. <laughs> with this amazing view, I, I I guarantee you that's at the Biltmore. That looks at the that looks like uh, that's a house around the Biltmore. I refer to it as the Billmore. Yeah. <laughs> I've stayed there a number of times. But Kingsbury's sitting in this just opulent, <laughs> huge room watching this ginormous TV. He's got his feet up on the glass coffee table. And the Cardinals official Twitter account tweeted it. Yeah, it was Kingsbury. And I said, My tweet was it's good to be the Kingsbury. Yeah, it is, it is. Ooh. It was really good. So. Okay, so the official count is 7 DBs. I don't know how 11 Warriors got that wow. apparently incorrect. 16, it's yeah, it's the last five years. 2016, they were not wrong. Let me say that before I get sideways with 11 Warriors. Okay. I don't want to get wrong. They said the last four years. Okay. So 17, 18, 19, and 20 is four years. So they're right. Six in the last four years. Okay. But if you... Back it up to 2016, in the last five years, five drafts, they've had seven. Okay. So they were doing it because Michigan had six first-round picks in a decade. So they were trying to make the Ohio State pick six and the Michigan pick six. So I understand why they did it. Okay. But if you're trying to articulate the full measure of Ohio State's defensive back contribution to the NFL (laughs) under Urban Meyer, you wouldn't leave out Eli Apple a top-ten pick. Uh, but so eleven warriors. Peace, peace be with you. Don't come after me. <laughs> no, I don't. Great. I don't want you know the. I don't want your fan base after me because I think we're in a good place. I'm going to stay no, there. they do a good job. Man. They do a fantastic job. Fantastic job. I think Biddle does a good job. I Biddle like does a good time. job for Bucknuts. Hellwagon yeah. does a great job for Bucknuts. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Apple here. Here they are. Apple. I'm going to try to. You know, I can give you the numbers what they were overall. Okay. Eli Apple was the tenth pick. He's been. He's bounced around. He's been a bust a bit. He's for uh, a tenth pick, no, he's been a yeah, bust. Yeah, he's still playing a I mean, when you're league, called though. a cancer by one of your teammates and you're traded, you know, for a fourth round pick to the Saints and then the Raiders sign you and then the Raiders void the contract, I think you're a bust. Yeah. But he can still play. He's not like, you know, Vernon Golstein. He's still bust, on the field. But he's, he's, a, still, he's, he's playing. he's yeah. he needs to get going. He and Darren Lee, when you're inactive for the Super Bowl and you're the twentieth overall pick, you need to get going. Yeah. Okay. So Eli Apple tenth. The following year, they had uh, Malik Hooker went to Colts six. I believe to the Colts. No, he's fourth, a little higher than that. Fourth, um, he went. Uh, I want to say eleventh, but let me uh, double check here. Malik Hooker went. Marshawn Lattimore went to the Saints first at eleven. Yeah. Malik Hooker went fifteenth to the Colts. Okay. Gary and Conley went twenty fourth to the Raiders, and I believe Gary Conley would have gone higher, but he had the whole like thing in the hotel room yeah. in Cleveland. So uh, that's the next year. Denzel Ward fourth. Last year, no, and we're doing just DBs here. Yes, I know Billy Price got picked twenty-first in that round, but just DBs, no DBs last year in the first round, no DBs, period. And then this year, Jeff Okuda three, Damon Arnett, eighteenth, sixteenth, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's great. I want just
1: credit to Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, and, and, next, and those and, kids uh, too.
0: They would have had Sean Wade in the first round if he had come out this year, and Probably he'll be right. in, and he'll be in the top ten next yeah. year. Most likely. But that's he gets amazing. hurt. Amazing.
1: That many DBs in the first round compared to total number of players
0: by Michigan. Yeah. Six in the last ten years by Michigan. And they had one last night, Caesar Ruiz, and that was endearing good player, to by see the way. to see Cesar Ruiz very emotional. We heard the story of his father. Was Caesar Ruiz's father the one who got out to help someone yeah. change a tire? Yeah. I was, I hit a, was hit by a hit by a hit and run driver. Last. Yeah, there were many good stories last night. Uh, and, and here's one of the good stories, although not in the heart-tugging realm. Uh, the Mike Vrabel picture from the house. Have you seen the Mike Vrabel picture? Did you see that was lighting up Twitter? Yeah, I guys? didn't know what that guy was. Okay, brother. so this must be like Mr. Titan Man here. In some <laughs> is he security? I guess. This has got to be little Vrabes here, yeah. one of his sons. Doesn't he have a son who played at Boston College? Is that him? I think so. Okay. He's wearing a Titans. Did the Titans get new unis? Because I don't recognize Maybe that that's, jersey. Maybe
1: that's what that is, yeah.
0: I don't. But know. he's got a mullet. Vrabes' kid has a mullet. Uh, Vrabes has clearly a pinch, or more than a pinch, between his cheek and gum. And over here, appears to be, at least in one of these pictures, I'll scroll down and show you, um, someone in the uh, water closet with their pants down around their ankles, relieving themselves. Does it not appear that that is someone, well, these are pants around the ankles. I don't know. Looks like they're sitting on the John in the background of a Mike Vrabel picture.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: This was lighting up Twitter last night. I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying there were many people saying that (laughs) That picture should be Mike Vrabel's Christmas
1: card. The the costume man is great. The Vrabel family Christmas
0: card. Rick had
1: his uh old son Ronnie and Well oh, that was Ronnie. I thought yeah. it might be JD. No, Rick had okay. Ronnie and then uh his daughter Whitney uh was running around there and the dog, of course, because he loves dogs. There's no man that loves dogs more than Rick's really Spielberg. oh yeah. I didn't know that. Just yeah. one dog for Rick?
0: No. I three or four usually and they're all rescue dogs too, of course. Nice. Same here, same in the Hoolie House. Yeah. We got three all rescue dogs. So but I, I thought
1: What'd you think of the coverage? I thought, under circumstances, I thought they did a great job. Yeah. First of all, I think Trey Wingo, uh, great suit. Ph- I love the but, suit. But he's phenomenal. Yeah, he, he is. did a tremendous job. I am. You know, I, I'm. I'm not knocking on anybody, but there was a, a couple analysts on there when I when the the point is made, Chase Young has a chance to be a
0: good pass rusher. Yeah, there were some Captain Obvious moments last <laughs> night.
1: I mean, give me something. Why? Yeah. Why? Because he, does he have great lean? Does he get yeah. into the uh, offensive lineman? Does he have a counter? What's he have with... The, <laughs>
0: there, was, he, there was one comment made last night that I couldn't resist, hopefully, handling well on Twitter. But they said, if you want to nitpick, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if, I, if we want to nitpick... Like that's all the NFL draft is—is is yeah, nitpicking. Yeah, like you have a job because you're there to nitpick. Right. Like every analyst, that's all we do is nitpick. Yeah. He's this, but boy, he can't do this, or I don't know if he can do this. <laughs> nitpicking is the order of the day. One of, of the draft night. yeah,
1: one of the points, and I think it was the same person said, uh, "This guy, the running back, that was taken for the Chiefs." And I shouldn't do that. I feel bad, Clyde Edwards read, e. Lair. I, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm pointing out what and I'm using it as a lesson for me because I certainly make Mm -hmm. my share of obvious statements and mistakes. But one of the points was, well, he can cut right and he can cut left.
0: Well, that's good. (laughs) You can get up and walk too. Want some more numbers on Uh, Ohio State's dominance in the draft?
1: Yes, I do. I do because I want to tweet it at
0: Michigan. (laughs) uh, Ohio State has had the highest picked non-quarterback. Three of the last five years. So that would be Joey Bosa. Is that from, Albert? That's from Albert Breer. Buckeye Homer. Way to go, Albert. Buckeye Homer. Bring it home, Albert. I love it. Man, Albert ought to work for some <laughs> no, of the Ohio State sites. No, he's you got it, like, Albert. way, no, way the, No, that's Homer. unbiased. That's just a, Yeah, that's, that's true, but he's a big Buckeye that's Homer. A, that's a... I don't think Albert would deny that. That's a... <laughs> That's a fact that Albert's putting. He up there. wears his Buckeye-ness. That's a fact, like a necktie. It's always around his neck. So like the governor hi-
1: Dewine, he's got a different uh, necktie on every day.
0: <laughs> so the highest non-quarterback three of the last five years, that'd be Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. Yeah, defensive. The highest picked defensive player four of the last five years, that'd be Joey Bosa. In 2018, who would that be? Joey Bosa, blah, 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 blah. Denzel Ward, yeah. and then Nick Bosa and Chase Young. And and by the way, Jeff Kuda following that right? Yeah, right. highest picked defensive lineman three of the last five years. Both the brother Bosa brothers, Chase Young, highest ranked, highest picked DB three of the last four years. So that's Jeff Okuda. That under,
1: I gotta I gotta tweet that out. That's I, Albert
0: Breer. I'm gonna tweet that out to our fans in Michigan. Yeah. Do uh Wait, is that recent by Albert? It's probably last night. Eleven hours ago. I don't follow him. But I should. Oh, you should. You oh, yeah. Do. Now I do not. Now, now you do. do. Of course. Now you do. And by the way, that'll Stout make Al- that'll make Albert's day today. I am his following notifications, Albert. Notifications he sees. Chris Spielman following. I you. am following him already. And then he retweeted your Buckeye Homer tweet, Albert. Where, where where?
1: Uh, I'll find it. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Just add Albert Breer. I know. So there. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's dominance, my friends. That cannot be denied. That's information. You do what you want with it. That's information. That's it's facts. It's facts. That's right. I'm gonna. I got on. Facts man. don't care about your feelings. I Michigan on, fans. I got and SEC on with fans. a couple
1: um, writers from Detroit. You know, you know them, and they every time I start out, I started out the conversation, and they just like shake their head. All right, all right. I oh, was on radio last night in Michigan. How about that, boys? First three picks, three Buckeyes. What do you think mm. about that? All right, enough All right, with the Buckeyes. Time to move on. Let's talk about the Lions. <laughs> they they ate it.
0: Uh, as we've said earlier, the best comment of the night, and in my opinion at least, was Joe Burrow saying, I wasn't very good as a junior. I've just been apprised of what I think I will anoint as the second best quote of the night. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, when asked what he <laughs> thinks about the Packers drafting quarterback, Jordan Love said, I think Aaron Rodgers should retire. <laughs> That's
1: true, because uh, I'll tell you, nobody loves Aaron Rodgers more than Chris Spielman and Mike Zimmer. And Zim obviously hates him, but but he has such great respect for him. I mean, that's he'll be the first to tell you that he, he is
0: somebody that challenges Zim to no end and drives him crazy. Uh, let's see. I'll go to the email inbox here and see if we have anything uh, new. We read a couple things the other day about our COVID-19 podcast. I think we have one more. It is from Sean. Uh, I listened to your podcast regarding the coronavirus. You can always email the show podcast at gmail.com. That's how you nominate people for the COVID-19 drawing, by the way. Send us a little note about them and we'll enter them in the drawing. Sean writes, I listened to your podcast regarding the coronavirus. It's unbelievably refreshing to hear that there are some people who are still able to think critically. Uh, Sean goes on and I'll finish with this from him. He says, one more point in all of this. I'm extremely impressed with the medical community and working on effective treatments as well as nurses, doctors, et cetera. Uh, he says, I could go on and on, but you get my point. I just wanted to give you encouragement because it's never wise to let emotions and fear drive your decision-making. Taking a cold actuarial approach may seem calloused, but it also lets you enjoy your life. All the people clinging to life by staying under their bed covers, afraid of COVID, that is not living. He says, thank you. Keep up the good work. Best sports podcast on the interwebs. Wow. Thank you, God. Sean. Appreciate um, it very much. Tell your friends. Review us. Go to iTunes and review
1: us. The other thing, too, is uh, my one of my sister-in-laws works in the baking industry. and Baking? Banking. Baking. Oh, banking. Yeah, yeah. Bank, banking industry. She, she works at Huntington. And, you know, they've been putting in some long hours because of all the relief packages from congress and trying to do their best and and really i know get people get frustrated but they are trying to do their best they're putting in 14 and 16 hour days mm-hmm. and so don't get mad at this don't get mad at the people you can get mad at the system don't get mad at the people because i know uh that they're working very very hard at uh not only huntington but i'm sure most banks so i appreciate what those folks are doing too
0: Uh, Can't guard Mike on Twitter. Nice, Michael. After Albert Breer's tweet last night tweeted, and Ryan Day retweeted. Shockingly, Ryan Day would retweet (laughs) this. Mike Thomas tweets, "Uh, Ohio State is a powerhouse. If you have the opportunity and think you have what it takes, go there. They have the formula year after year. Take notes, recruits. (laughs) There you go. Gosh, last night was a real bad night for Harbaugh. (laughs) And James Franklin. Yeah. Oh, man. What uh, fun. Though. I'm excited for the Bengals. I'm excited for the Bengals so I- to have Joe Burrow. Here are the picks that I was like, ooh, really good pick. Joe Burrow, Isaiah Simmons, uh, Jeff Okuda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What
1: did you think of Rick's draft?
0: You know, Justin Jefferson, big time, great pick, slot receiver. Gonna, as they said last night which is a little captain obvious. He's going to catch a lot of balls in Minnesota. Yes, that's the objective. That's why we're taking him. <laughs> that's the, the running hope. back. He
1: can cut right and he can cut left. <laughs> Chase Young got a chance to be a productive pass rusher. Got a chance. He can, he can be a pa- he, can yeah. he, he can rush the passer.
0: Here's my question about Chase Young. Are cargo pants in Chase it, was wearing cargo pants. If you're the
1: number two pick overall,
0: yeah. You can it. wear whatever you want. <laughs> you can you wear whatever get you want. Pockets in the side Whoa. of the side of your thighs so you can put all your money. Tell the people tell the people what I have on today. You it peers have some kind of pajamas or no, you have Zubaz. You, have, it li- it you have Lions oh Zubaz <laughs> pants. Unbelievable. Nineteen ninety two these. Nice. The <laughs> well they made those out of good material. Uh, last for uh, twenty eight years. Well fantastic. <laughs> review us on iTunes, please. We yep. haven't uh, read an iTunes review lately because you guys haven't reviewed us and I'm not mad about it. I just, we'd like to get iTunes reviews. It does help us with sponsors and it helps us know what you like. So, uh, there are a lot of Buckeye podcasts out there, a lot of good Buckeye podcasts out there. We'd like to grow our audience. And the best way for us to do that is for you guys to tell your friends and yes, review us on iTunes because people read those and iTunes rates us. And according to all the other podcasts in our genre. So, uh, do that for us if you would, please. Patronize our sponsor, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Order your coffee. Let them know you're a Spielman and Hooley listener. We tackle life in all caps. If you'd like a 15% discount, if you want to donate that to COVID-19 Relief, you can. Just note in the comments section you're a listener. And email your nominations to us, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, oh, could I do the face segment? Yeah. Um, thinking this morning,
1: this is quite uh, uh, appropriate for this time. And you know there's people that are uncomfortable, right and there's a gen- i think for me anyway, there's a genuine peace that I have about everything and ever since Easter's passed, the more peaceful I've become so I read this this morning, and it's from second Corinthians and it's one four God is our comforter our comforter when trouble hits for he is the one who comforts us in all of our tribulation, though that we may comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm-hmm. And so what that is telling us is that if you have that inner peace like Bruce has, or that genuine confidence, not a cockiness, that genuine confidence where you're not white knuckling and being afraid to live, uh, don't judge other people that have fear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what drives me crazy on Twitter and and I don't want to judge people that are scared because I understand why they have fear. And don't put them down for having fear or don't think they're weak for having fear. Instead, God doesn't want us to use the gift that he's giving us for harm. He wants us to use the gift of comfort that he's given us to comfort others. Give them a reason for the hope That you have, so that's what I had today.
0: Yeah, what I have today, I wanted to build a bit on what I said the other day when I was uh, sharing the gospel, how you can be saved, and I, I had something that I intended to share that I did not, that I wanted to inject today, and I was trying to think. I made the point that gospel is very simple; everyone can understand it. None of us are perfect. God's standard is perfection. The only way we can be perfect in his sight is to borrow Jesus's perfection and claim it as our own. That's required. Everyone has to make that decision for themselves. So it's like, okay, why would someone turn that down? What a deal that is. In some cases, the reason why people turn that down is because they feel that, they have tried it, and they have been hurt by someone who professes to be a Christian. They have had a bad church experience. They have had a spouse who said they were a believer and the spouse cheated on them, a business partner who betrayed them. They've been done wrong, legitimately done wrong, mm. by someone who professes to be a Christian. And they're like, well, if that's how Christians act, yeah. then I'm not. that's not for me. It's all bogus. Your hurt is real. Your The wrong that was done you is real. And I'm not saying you're wrong to feel the way you feel. Here is what I would say. Don't allow anyone else to portray to you what true Christianity and true faith is. There are, in our world, bad examples of every profession. There are bad cops. There are bad lawyers. There are bad journalists. There are people who do not live up to the standards of every profession, It does not mean that all cops are bad, all lawyers are bad, all journalists are bad, all doctors are bad. It means that the world is filled with sinful people and that people make mistakes. And here's what you do when you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior because of what someone else has done to you, someone who has hurt you deeply, hurt you unjustly. If you reject Jesus because of what they did to you, You have empowered the person who hurt you to decide your eternal destiny. That's a great point. And don't do that. Go to where the truth lies. And Chris and I have laid out many times for you, read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Get a version of the Bible where the words of Jesus are written in red so you can see what the Savior of the world actually said. And I would encourage you to not just look at what he said, but also look at how he led his disciples. His disciples are his team. Jesus is the greatest coach of all time. From his leadership has come a movement that has billions of followers centuries later. He's without question the greatest leader, the greatest coach of all time. Look at his leader. How does he lead? He teaches, he trains, he empowers. He launches people with, with you know, do this, go do this. He gives specific directions. So look at how he leads, look at what he says, but go to the source for who he is and what his gospel is and what true love is and Christian love is. It's not the person who betrayed you. It's not the person who cheated on you. It's not the person who lied to you. They're flawed people, but the good news amid that bad news is heaven is filled with people who have one thing in common. They are all forgiven. They all are screw-ups. They all made mistakes. The only reason they're there is because they've been forgiven, and the only reason they've been forgiven is because they've claimed Jesus' perfection. So you're, the hurt you feel is wrong. It is true. The hurt you feel is genuine. I understand it. Don't give that person who hurt you the power to keep you out of heaven and to have a peaceful life full of encouragement, comfort that just Chris just talked about. Go to the source of the truth, and that is Jesus Christ. That is in the Bible, or it's in the books like we talked about with Lee Strobel and um, uh, Josh McDowell and C.S. Lewis and others who have looked at the Bible from an analytical, investigative point of view and have come to faith. From an atheist point of view, yes.
1: Um, Two things on that. When my kids sometimes, when they were younger, right, they would have somebody that would be mean to them or whatever, and what I've tried to, uh, and you make a great point about this, and it's just reflective on life. I said, don't give somebody the power to control your happiness or where you are in life. You're giving them that power to control you. The other thing, when, when you judge somebody and you rightfully, like you said, there's righteous judgment. When, if, if, if you've been hurt by somebody that proclaims to be a Christian, uh, it's a good time also to reflect back on, have you hurt somebody in your life? I have. I've hurt many people that I didn't mean to, but As I have. I, and I'm, I regret it. It hurts that I hurt them. It hurts me. And I can't emphasize this enough. And we try to, I think we try to emphasize this during our faith portion of the podcast, every single time, that it's not about what Bruce and I say. We're passing on information. I'm not telling you, what to believe? I can't. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you owe it to yourself because of what we know to be true. You might say we believe what's at stake. What's at stake is eternity, not a blink of an eye like this lifetime. That's why Bruce and I, <clears throat> excuse me, aren't white knuckling death. Not afraid of death. I don't want to die. I don't want to. You know, make my kids cry or my wife cry. I don't want to be around death, but I'm not afraid of it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm—just because I'm not afraid doesn't mean I'm going to be irresponsible because I respect life. Right. I can't sit here and proclaim to be pro-life and act irresponsibly in the middle of a pandemic. That would be hypocritical of me. I will not do that. I will be respectful, aware, responsible, but not fearful. And so to close this, it's not what you and I say. We're giving you information. It's your job. And just like Bruce has told his kids, I believe you have, I've told my kids because of their age, do not take my faith. Do not make your faith your own. That's the only way it works. Yeah. It's not a familial, a, it's a familial, uh,
0: familial. You're not in, you're not in a, not a in personal as, relationship, not a familial relationship. Yeah. You're not in as a legacy, like a fraternity, you know, brother's kid or is all the in. country clubs you belong to. <laughs> it's hey, person. The word personal means that it's an individual personal decision that you have to make. And that's why Chris is right on point telling his kids, you know, don't, don't, I, my faith doesn't get you in it doesn't help you <laughs> i'm just honest with them yeah it has to be a personal decision and know what you are free to say no absolutely but know why, why you're saying no yeah know why you're saying no so it's a pleasure to be back uh, with chris here that's great uh in the uh, two men in a basement nfl consulting studio just in
1: time for the draft we could have been there one be week the earlier we've been able to consult the whole
0: draft oh, the picks would have been so much better <laughs> It just had the benefit of our expertise. So uh, we have Buckeyes going today, I'm sure. Rounds two and three. I would expect J.K. Dobbins to go off the board very quickly. Malik Harrison to go off Uh, the board. Devon? Devon Hamilton,
1: third round? Maybe. I'll tell you who's going to go. It's Jonah Jackson. think Jonah's going to go? Well, Well, I think
0: Jonah Jackson's going to be a super... I don't mean he's He's going to be an all-pro. I think he's going to be a guy who, when you pick him... You, you just are going to look back many times and go, man, is that dude so, solid player for yeah. us? I hope so. Yeah. So. And all of the receivers, right? KJ. KJ. Benjamin. I'm I'm very excited to see where KJ. Austin Mack. So. KJ Austin, and I think with you two, Jordan Fuller, I, I think I think Austin has a tremendous upside. Victor, I wonder about, but. He'll get a hard look. He's put it on tape, that Penn State catch and run, his Michigan State catch and run. He'll get a hard look. He will. He will. We'll be back Monday. Get those nominations in. Review us. Have a great weekend. Join me Sunday morning, Spielman & Hooley Facebook page, for a Facebook Live Faith Discussion at 930. I invite you to participate in that. We thank you for your time and attention today. Everybody have a great day.